It's America's longest-running talk show on computers. It's Computer America, bringing you the biggest names in technology with guest interviews, new products, and your emails. Listen live at ComputerAmerica.com on any device around the world. Email the show at live at ComputerAmerica.com or find us on social media. Be sure to check out our website for contests, giveaways, show notes, live video stream, podcasts, and more. You're listening to Computer America. Hello and welcome into the Computer America Show. We are the nation's longest running nationally syndicated radio talk show on computers and technology. Thank you for joining us, and uh, yeah, I hope all of you are having a great day and ready for our program because we have one of our favorite guests here with us, where the entire show is dedicated to PopZara, and uh, of course, you can find them at PopZara.com, and hey, it's going to be a lot of fun as we talk about current events, things making the news, and you know, reviews of different products because that's what they do at PopZara. That's what our guest is the managing editor of. And hey, it's a, I think it's a nice way to usher in the weekend because it's uh, not too heavy, it's not too uh, intensive, and you know, it's just a lot of fun. So before we get started, a couple of things, including, uh, hey, ComputerAmerica.com, that's where you'll find everything having to do with today's show. So be that a link to any articles, videos, uh, just anything that we show here on the program today, we will include in the show notes. So that and also a link to our guest website so if you're driving if your hands are tied as soon as you're done being kidnapped please 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 come over to computer america and you can find everything right there uh, also be sure to check out the social media contest brought to you by logitech where we give away a prize every single friday to a lucky listener and we will be drawing a new one later in the program and the last thing of course is uh the live video stream brought to you by OWC, and yeah, that will be, uh, oh yeah, and you can find that at Computer America, or you can find it at twitch.tv forward slash Computer America as well, and join us in the chat room if you are so inclined. So, all that being said, let's go ahead and just bring on our guest. So, joining us is the one, the only, Mr. Nathan Evans, who is the managing editor of Pop Zara Magazine and, of course, a regular here on the program. So, Nathan, how you doing? Welcome on. Hey, Ben, what's going on? I like how you said the one and only, like that's like that's a limiting thing. Uh, you are the yeah. only one I know, to be fair. <laughs> well, you know, that was a requirement by the judge. There's only one. <laughs> There's no more allowed. This, the, the mold was broken by by court order. Mm, very romantic. So how are you feeling? Uh, well, thank you, uh, Mr. Obvious. They, uh, <laughs> if you hear any sniffles in the background, that's not uh, that's not latency or milliseconds dropping. That's um, your poor little correspondent is a little under the weather today. So I think what that means is that the uh, let's just say the vinegar will be kicked out of me a little bit today. Mm-hmm. So which is probably good for some of your more, um, you know, fragile listeners out there although not not the not the fans and the stalkers who i love so much and you know who you are because you follow everything that we do everything no 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 all of all of our fans are fragile we love all of our fra- our fragile fans so <laughs> all our fragile all our fragile friends and yeah, fans exactly so yeah and uh, of course welcome back onto the program and mm-hmm. yeah so obviously before we get started uh your credentials you are so associated and uh rightly so with pop zara so tell the folks what you do at pop zara what do i do like uh, boss people around well no. what does what does pop zara do 
Well, what the website does, you see, the web is a decoded language that allows uh, through hypertext to be clicked. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. So, <laughs> no, it's a website. It's got a colorful dinosaur, and it's sort of an introduction to the world of pop culture. And what that means is, uh, stop me if you've heard this one before, Ben. A little bit of movies, a little bit of games, a little bit of technology, a little of this, a little of that. I'm making it sound very Jewish, but that's a good thing <laughs> because because if I can get blessed by a rabbi, I would definitely do it. But no, it's a little bit of everything and um, increasingly less politics for obvious reasons, which I must say. But uh, but as far as that, we have fun. You that's, have fun. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's okay. And your website is kosher. I will attest to that. And yeah, of course, as we said, you can find a link to that in the uh, in the show notes. So that's what Popzara does. And that's why we like having you on is because you don't just talk about uh, one particular thing. You're not just about gadgets. You're also about gizmos and doodads and widgets <laughs> and yeah, everything in between. So let's go ahead and get started with a couple of these topics. You can find them. Uh, hey, I keep mentioning the show notes. You can find them there. Let's start with one of yours, and this was one that uh, you know we didn't get to report on yesterday. It was on the docket, but uh, you know, hey, we just didn't get to it. And it's the fact that either Congress is full of criminals or facial recognition <laughs> is not as good as it is built. Well, are you familiar with that little gi- of that gif with the little girl, little cute little girl? She's shrugging her shoulders and she just says, "Why not both?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was from a taco commercial. It was like, uh, you know, it was like uh, soft or hard shell tacos, and she's like, uh, "Why not both?" Why not both? Right. Well, why can't congressmen be criminals and vice versa? You know, there's um, there's a funny story that has nothing to do with technology, but there's a uh, felon, and I forget which state he's in. He's actually running for Congress, and you could look this up to say felon running for Congress. So apparently it works both ways. So uh, as we all know, Amazon, our favorite Amazon, has been touting facial recognition to be used in law enforcement. Rather, I, I don't – do we – we briefly talked about this last month, the month before? I, you know, it was either this story or it was the one that happened in the UK where theirs was woefully inaccurate as well. Um, well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Facial recognition is a fun thing because it's – on one hand, it's it's accurate to the point where it's a novelty. On the other hand, it's hilarious when it goes bad. And by hilarious, I don't just mean like when it misrepresents different racial, racial characteristics. I know there's a problem with some cheaper cameras recognizing the skin tones of African Americans yep. and some Asians. Uh, but it also uh, – people have tried to fool it by masks and everything. But uh, – Basically, the story goes: Was it the ACLU, I believe? Um, and they and they misspell it. It's called recognition with a K because they're they're intense and they're cool like that. It so is, it's rec- yeah, yeah. yeah. Rec- and by the way, is that just like a is that just like a thing so they can patent it and you know kind of trademark it, or is that a typo? I would I would love it. I would pay a year's salary if Amazon made a typo like that. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, no. When it comes to technology, they've run out of words. And the way they do it, it's sort of like how Apple – you remember how Apple used to put an eye in front of everything to trademark something? Yeah. And, and then everybody else started doing the eye, and you had eye – and then they switched it to Apple, like the symbol instead of the eye. That's what, uh, that's what you do in tech. You've, you've run out of real words, so you're now on to making up well, words. And now, and now we're on to changing real words into, it, into and, new words. You know, the, the whole Apple and the I phase of their product line, <laughs> that is one of my favorite, you know, kind of uh, did you know tidbits, is that everything that was released under Steve Jobs' uh, you know, kind of reign was named the I something. So the iPod, iPad, I, you know, iMac. And they're moving away from that. Obviously, Steve Jobs is not there. Steve Jobs, when he was rehired back onto Apple after you know selling Pixar to Disney or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. he he was known as the interim CEO. He wasn't going to be there. He was just there to turn things around. So he was the interim CEO or the I CEO. So all the products under him were the I products. And now Apple is moving away from that, rightly so. But yeah, now, I, I, now I mean, others they move, are. Uh, they're moving away from the eye. They're moving away from innovation. I mean, tomato, tomato. <laughs> so. and, and, and of course, you know, everyone else copied them. They have no reason for the eye. Apple kind of did, but uh, but you're right. So Amazon recognition. Uh, yeah, rec- I'll just say recognition. I'm not yeah. going to try to pronounce it, but right. um. <laughs> so, so they're selling. No. So they're trying to sell it to law enforcement. Like that's a that's a big deal. They're they're actually trying to use this in the real world. You know, there was a case not too long ago, uh, someone committed an act, I think it was an act of terrorism, and uh, you have to forgive me, there's so many of these, and the guy refused to give his name and stuff, so they recognized, they, they got his 
they profiled him with facial recognition. And this was just about a week, uh, about two weeks ago. So you can tell I've come prepared. But the fact is, is that it does work in certain cases. And I know the idea – You, I don't know if you're old enough or if you're too young to remember, but when CCTV cameras went up everywhere in England, people said, oh, Big Brother's here, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Big Brother's there, but it's also helped solve a lot of crime. And there's no doubt about it that cameras work. Uh, cameras work as, as evidentiary things. What, what we're doing with facial recognition is we're taking it one step further, and we're basically saying, well, the cameras are now going to be law enforcement, or they're going to aid law enforcement. So, of course, Amazon's in this, because as you know, Ben, because I don't, I don't know if Computer America is hosted, but the vast majority of websites that mean anything online are hosted by Amazon Web Services, Netflix, so many other things. Mm-hmm. And so the same way Microsoft makes a ton of money selling Azure servers, Amazon makes a ton of money selling other services that are not Amazon Prime. And right. so the facial recognition would be one of those things. Now, this sort of coincides a little bit. It's a little off topic, but it coincides with Amazon posting record profits, uh, as specifically as it related to Echo-related devices. And I bring this up because Echo is another one of those things where people are a little leery about because of you know Big Brother. Privacy, I'm leery right. about. Yeah, I'm leery about it too. So basically, you get now you have Amazon owning the technology to recognize your face, and they also own the technology to recognize your voice, and these these services can be combined in something that is, for all intents and purposes, a camera that can see you when it, when you can't see it and hear you when you can't hear it. So every inch of your house, every inch of the of where you're at, whether it's inside or outside, can become statutory. And the reason I bring this up is because if you follow law enforcement, whether it's um, I what are the uh, what are those devices that 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 sort of skim cell phone signignals? Uh, uh, oh. Uh- Oh, those. Uh, what what was skimmers are for credit cards and debit cards with the RFID yeah. chips and things like that, or I'm sorry, the magnetic chips. Uh, you're probably thinking of. Um, They've been in the news yeah. a lot lately because yeah. uh, some judges have ruled they're constitutional. What they basically do is they fake a cell phone signal. Are you talking about like stingrays? Uh, like stingrays, stingrays? Yeah, yeah. stingrays. So you basically the jurisdiction, the way it's been traditionally held, is that the jurisdiction is that anything outside of your house is considered open ground. You know, public. In a public arena, right? So that's why and, they could uh, uh, sift through your trash after you put it out on the street corner. It's yes, yeah, yeah. So what facial recognition is doing is facial recognition is taking that to a different level. So when you're in a private organization or whatnot, but when you combine that with all these other ancillary technologies, and that's why you can't really separate them. You have you can't just say facial recognition, and that's it, or echo, and that's it. You have to add these up because what they do is they present a way, uh, sort of a loophole for people to take advantage of you, and. You remember I said sometimes facial recognition is hilarious? Yep. Well, that's exactly what the story is. So basically the ACLU did a test, and they basically found out that the facial recognition was so inaccurate that it identified members of Congress as criminals. Again, why not both? <laughs> so, or maybe, maybe, the, maybe, the, maybe the real story is that technology is so good that it can it could do algorithmic like variables and say in the future these Congress people will be criminals. Ah, that and you know, future or crime prediction is also a uh, you know something that's a, that that's actually happening. And and I'm not talking like the Minority Report kind of deal, but the uh, you know the ability to put officers in neighborhoods where they know there's going to be crime, that's happening thanks to AI as well. Let's hope yes. it's not uh, facial recognition that's doing it, but yeah, I, I mean, this... there's problem. Well, there, there's fundamental problems with the technology that are so basic that. People always attribute it to AI. Like we don't – no one knows what AI is. If you say someone AI, they think artificial intelligence. But the very definition of what AI is in 2018 is very different than it was 10 years ago. It's very different. Is machine learning, is giving it sets of data and hoping to train it on something and it – it's not perfect, but it's uh, but it it it's made it's made to recognize a pattern, and that could be anything from patterns in any kind of data set you give it. My point is yeah. though is that with uh, with facial recognition, like this story is maybe two to three weeks removed from the one where I think it was in the UK. Their facial recognition, and you know, you're talking about the cameras everywhere. They have them in the UK, and they said that they have a ninety nine percent. You know, like not accurate rate. Like they're like the ninety nine percent of the time that they say this person is this person, uh, their facial recognition system is wrong, and they're only right one percent of the time. And it's like that is happening all over the world. Like in China, in UK, in America. I mean, why? I I I, I guess I'm wondering what is the end result of this technology because currently. 
you can't really use it for much more than, hey, maybe this is our guy, and then you still have to do the police work, I guess. Well, that's the thing, though. You're, you said it right there, police work. The idea is that these would be uh, supplemental tools to law enforcement, whether it's in the UK or should I say – I have to be very careful. When I say UK, I should preface that by saying the UK and the European Union because at some point they may be two different things. But when it comes to the United States, uh, when it comes to the United States, we have a very different code of laws here that protect people's privacy. And those laws were written in that were, were written well before the introduction of certain technologies that we could ever imagine uh, as as rights violators. I think the most updated technology law that we have in this country is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, and that was in the 90, 1990s. And so you're basically you're t- talking about privacy rights, whether you're talking about stingrays or skimmers or any uh, anything else that sounds like something off James Bond, then it doesn't always take into account it always doesn't take into it doesn't always take into account the way people use technology now. I know when it comes to Amazon, there was a deal. Uh, was it? I think it was a year ago. We talked about how police tried to uh, subpoena Amazon records for the for the well for the Alexa. Yeah. Because because of recording. And I got to tell you, I got to say this as a warning again. I'm not a conspiracy tinfoil hat. I've used Amazon products. I like them. But I had a choice to buy a TV this week. Did I tell you? I upgraded my TV. Finally, I'm I'm in the 4K world. And but I'm a cheap 4K person. And so. We had the option between over at Best Buy the new Alexa Fire TVs from Toshiba, mm-hmm. and you know at Popzara we test things all the time, and we do get review products from Amazon periodically. You know we just tested. Uh, if you read a Popzara, not to brag, we have the new Fire, the Fire TV, which is the Cube, which yeah. has Alexa built into it. You know, and I got to tell you, when we were testing that, I was sitting there on the couch with Herman, my tech editor, and I said, "Oh my goodness, this is scary." It's like not only does it control everything, it listens to everything. And for those who don't know, Amazon Alexa and Google. Uh, Google Assistant, um, what do they call it? Google Home? Uh, yeah. They they don't listen to you. They record you. There is a recording of everything you say. <laughs> well, listening and- is a very it, it, listening is a human uh, attribute that we uh, you know kind of label it. But you're right. I mean, the, they aren't sentient, so they record everything and compare your vocal patterns with commands that are already pre-recorded True. and try to match it up. But here's the problem. You don't have that recording. The recording isn't local. The recording is off local. It's it's on Amazon servers, and you can log in a, at any time to any web browser and listen to yourself from two years ago. That's it. And the problem becomes it becomes one of policing, where when you have bad facial recognition, you have bad vocal recognition, you have people. So basically, every part of your house now can become a snare, a snare trap for whoever who knows what reason. Now you say to yourself, well, I'm, if I'm not doing anything bad. Here's the, here's my final. If I'm not doing anything, what do I have to worry about? Well, facial recognition. These congressmen didn't do anything bad yet, but they got caught. They got compared to criminals. And the more and more we rely on technology to prove things, we're going to what we're going to have. What's going to happen? We're going to go through a very similar phase, the way we did about 25 years ago, when DNA started convicting everybody. And here we are, 20 years off, where we have an unprecedented number of reversals because the DNA was contaminated or it wasn't correct. Because you have to beware. Any technology or any snake oil salesman that tells you their technology is going to make your life easier and you do less work because that is not how it works. And so if police want to use faulty uh, facial recognition, get ready for the embarrassing mea culpas when it turns out that they false flagged people. And I got to tell you something. Just looking at this picture of the congressman, there is, like it, it definitely prejudices those with darker skin. So yeah. there, there, uh, but I mean, there are of course a lot of white males, but then again, there are a lot of white males in, uh, there are a lot in, of white in, in males. Congress. Where, where, where are we talking in Congress? No. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, a lot of these guys, there's not even any kind of mitigating factor that you'd kind of assume with false, uh, you know, false positive, like not a lot of glasses wearers, not a lot of mustaches, not a lot of, uh, you know, any kind of surgery or scars or anything like that. I mean, it's they're just people's faces and they're wrong. I I, I guess this is well, just yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's but it's hilarious. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. At least they're not. At least these people weren't arrested. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not worried about a camera misidentifying people. That happens all the time. Facebook is not perfect. Google uh, Google Photos aren't perfect. Nothing's perfect. It's funny when it gets it wrong. Um, but you know, the, for every story you have, like I think Google algorithm was identifying black people as gorillas. You know, that's 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 unfortunate. That did happen. It, it does happen. And but and I don't want to get into it too much. But the algorithm like this is why algorithm is not intelligence. An algorithm is a computer string of code. 
And there have been there have been nefarious people who have who have learned how to manipulate Google's algorithm. And I don't know if you've been watching this. This has not been getting a lot of play, but people found out how to manipulate the Google image algorithm. Um, not to be political, it's not, but this is just um, evidence. Where if you type in something like Trump, you get or fool, you get pictures of Trump. Or if you type in Trump, you get pictures of clowns. Or congressmen are equated to rapists or whatever. Like there are ways to trick the algorithm. The algorithm is not a person. It is a computer code that can be manipulated at the base. And that's all that AI is. And they can talk about fixing it all they want. But I don't think fixing is the right word. I think tweaking is the right word. Because at some point, at some point, you're got, you, there's 7 billion people on the on planet, right? In China, a lot of people – in China, the facial characteristics of traditional Han Chinese are much more apropos to each other than we are in America because we have a better diversity of, of you know, ethnics, yeah. ethnic people. So in China, what they do to censor people is they don't blot out the face. They blot out the eyes. Have you ever seen this? They put a, just a black band over the eyes, and that's enough to fool a lot of the facial recognition over there. Because and that's 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 the thing. People are different. Characteristics are different. Characteristics of people's faces are different. And for those of you who are into history, you should go back to into like phrenology and facial, uh, where when people would actually use your facial characteristics as an incriminating thing too. This is back in the 1800s, back in Victorian days, people could I hate to say it, they could predict if you were going to be a criminal by the bumps on your head or the the curvature of your face. And this was a technology that was so accepted back then, it was used in criminal criminal prosecutions and eventually led its way to eugenics. I'm not joking. Go visit the Holocaust Museum. There's a whole exhibit on it. So yeah, so Amazon, get your CRAP together before you false flag people in the future. But don't try to sell a product that's shoddy. By the way, hilarious story. I, so- I laughed my ass. My butt off. So, so there's, so there's this story, and I guess there was one a little while back about Google uh, assisting the military with, uh, with drones and yes. uh, and self-driving and things like that. And you know, because Google has a lot of tentacles, and they deal with a lot of partners, and those military contracts very lucrative. I mean, if you can, if you can snag one, uh, that's, yeah, that that's that's the that's the way to immortality, right there. Yeah, to get a government. you, like, you that's IBM. Everybody's done it. So, and and then on top of that, I think Microsoft was helping with some as well. But there was pushback from the general population, and they, well, you know, just everyday consumers, because they were concerned that a consumer-oriented company or ones that dealt with the public uh, or consumers directly were helping the military, uh, you know, essentially do military things, and they were very uncomfortable with it uh, to the point where they got Google to. Uh, cancel a couple contracts. They got Microsoft to cancel a few contracts. Uh, there's been some pushback on Amazon for this exact story about helping law enforcement and the military with facial recognition. Well, see, what that's... What do you think about the fact that a consumer-facing company helping with this kind of thing? It's always been that way. It's always been that way since the very beginning. I mean, you can go back. You, you go back to inter. You know, the intersectionality, so to speak, of government and, and private contractors. We're doing the same thing right now with SpaceX and NASA. I mean, basically, the consumer market, not to sound like a conservative, the consumer market is always better than government at this. It's always more – it's always much more efficient. It's also more cost-effective. It's always this way. It's, and by the way, the same people that would complain about, about this, um, you know, this uh, using of, of Google's algorithms and, and Amazon's whatever to assist government aid with military, you didn't, compl- you didn't complain when NASA did it back in the 1960s. You don't complain it when Google helped do it to transcribe books. I mean, there's always been this sort of synergy between the two. The fact of the matter is, is that the United States should be using the private sector to enhance things. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Do I want Google helping plot coordinates to kill somebody with a drone? No, I don't. But do I want Google helping make it so less people die in a drone attack? Yes, I do. I mean, at some point, Babies need to grow up and learn how the real world works. Either you want something or you don't. Do you want soldiers to go to war or do you want drones to go to war? Do you want a hospital blown up because of a, of a misaligned coordinate or do you want pinpoint accuracy and the bad guy killed? What do you want? Because you can't have it both ways. And so do you want the government doing it unaided, in secret, clandestine, or do you want more transparency and openness? I mean, what do you want? I'll be clear. All these contracts happened in the open where people could find them. They weren't hidden. It's just that when it became discovered, they became a problem. And I think people have this – well, final thought. Yeah, people, right. have this, people have this idea that Google is a clandestine company that speaks for the values of a certain sect. No, they're a greedy corporation that wants to make lots of money, as any company wants to. 
And if we ever get to the point where it's, you know, I think uh, it's kind of a red herring, but IBM International Business Machines was supposedly linked with Hitler back in World War II and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, uh, and how, you know, you hear about Walt Disney Company aiding anti-Semitism. Like you hear like traces of these things, but nothing really concrete. I would rather this stuff be in the open so nobody gets nobody in the future gets misaligned with evil. So as far as I'm concerned, if Google and the government can work together and and help with copyright violations and at the same time help, like I said, for precision drone strikes that kill less that have less collateral damage, I'm all for that. All right. So, and uh, there's not much I'm going to add there. I will say though that I'm not going to get well. I'm my. I think my ultimate red red alert, red flag is something's wrong is when Amazon starts offering DNA testing services. That's when I'm going to be uh, be angry. Do they, do they do they not? I don't think they do, or at least they don't tell you. Uh, What's that? What's yeah. that one? What's that one service? It called Twenty Three and Me. Twenty Three and Me just uh, just handed over five million <laughs> of their customers to an investor. So can I, you know, can I, can I, do I have time for a quick aside, really quick? Sure, go for it. So, so I was at Best Buy, and they have this, they have these giant kiosks for Twenty Three and Me for the World Cup, right? And which, which by the way, is the reason I was there because the best time to buy a four K TV is after the World Series. I'm sorry, after the Super Bowl or after the World Cup, <laughs> because lots of returns. But there's a kiosk for 23andMe, and if you look at my Twitter feed, if it hasn't been shut down yet, then it's happened before. Then you can see that I took a picture of it, and the tagline was, root for your DNA. And I thought to myself, so here we are, the World Cup, all these people playing, and this company is encouraging you to not vote for the country you're from, but for the people you're from. And I thought to myself... Well, this is the most racist thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but at least they're profiting off it. It, it, it. The the entire advertising around that, uh, like one of the weirdest advertising ones I saw, and and then yes, we're going to move on. But one of the weirdest yeah. advertising things I saw was there's a gentleman. He's on TV. He's like, uh, you know, I I grew up and I thought I was uh, and I thought I was German. And he's like, I wear lederhosen. I go to uh, Oktoberfest. I do this. I do that. And he's like, he's built his entire identity around the fact that he's German. And then he has the DNA testing service, and he's like, "Turns out I'm I, I'm Scottish." And suddenly he's like, "I've so seen I, that one." So I, I trade one, yeah. so I trade everything in for a kilt. I'm like, regardless of what happens, it's like, why are you changing who you are at a fundamental level just because of a That's, piece of paper? Yeah, that <laughs> exact formula is if if you do it with a, a more political bent, is called nationalism. Nah. And, I, and, and that's just, what we're not going to get into. No, 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 so. no. I just, but that's why I think it's so funny. I just think it's so funny that uh, they did this. And um, I don't want to go into it, but uh, there was a little talk about that after the after France won the World Cup. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, do not give your DNA to a company. Don't do it. <laughs> Because yes, that's uh, and, and hey, that's something that you can't change with a card that is forever. But because 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 you're going to find out you're Scottish, and then you're going to have to start eating haggis. <laughs> you don't want that. Haggis isn't bad, but that's not what we're arguing about. What we that's are going to happen. To, that's what's going to happen to you, Ben. You can't do that. Probably. So let's move on to something a little bit uh, a little bit happier. So I think instead of the Xbox controller, we're going to skip on over to the Samsung Unbreakable panel. Certified by Underwriters Laboratories. And I saw this and I saw like a couple reviews where it's like, hey, we tried to break the unbreakable uh, panel and they had like a hammer. And essentially, I didn't read it. I just looked at the picture and saw the headline and went, oh, that's interesting. Uh, We have like two or three minutes left. Lead us into the story of about an unbreakable screen because we've heard that before, Gorilla Glass and whatnot. (laughs) But what is Samsung kind of claiming here? Uh, Samsung is cl- claiming that they've made unbreakable glass for phones and tablets, and uh, I find it interesting because Samsung is the industry leader at this sort of thing. I know you you mentioned Gorilla Glass, but Gorilla Glass makes a protective coating over it, whereas Samsung is in the manufacture of uh, I think OLED screens or yeah uh, not, yeah yes yeah OLED. So the idea so the idea that you could have some sort of uh, version of it, and of course the most exciting thing is isn't that you can you know break it with a hammer. Although by the way. You hear that sound, Ben? That's the internet saying "challenge accepted." You know, <laughs> Will blend, of blenders right. and yeah, but the fact of the matter is, is that it would lead to bendable screens and collapsible screens, and and who who the heck knows? Uh, we've gone to CES, we've seen it, we've talked about it. Where the dream is to have the screen in Back to the Future Two that you could just pull down, and there's your TV, and then roll it up, or put a phone in your pocket. You know, 
all these sort of things. And by the way, by the way, just final thought. You can have the most unbreakable screen in the world. You can have all this. It's not going to save your phone if it falls in the toilet or you lose it. So, but when they, 10,000 years from now, when archaeologists dig up your phone in the bottom of the ocean, the screen will be unbreakable. Well, I, the the screen is a good place to start if you want to make more durable phones because a lot of what happens to phones, I, I mean, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. I'm sure that they've gotten better, but many of the phone repairs that happen are due to the fact that their screens are shattered, they're broken, or they got wet. So you can see companies really tackling the bulk of the problems that people have, you know, because they know what gets repaired more most often, and that's what they're attacking. So everyone, music means we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. More Pop Zara, more Computer America, and hey, more news right after this. Everyone, stay tuned. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-4461. 800-215-4461. That's 800-215-4461. We are all Brother Wolf. Ten years ago, a group of locals banded together to create positive change. We took animals into our homes, held adoption events at local retailers, and talked to the community about our mission to help build a no-kill Asheville. A decade later, we have achieved so many victories for animals in need. There's been so much progress, yet there's still so much to do. As part of our year-long celebration, we encourage you to become a member of our special Compassionate Circle program. With a monthly donation of $10 or more, you will have behind-the-scenes access to the work we are doing at Brother Wolf. Our goal is to reach 1,000 members because we receive no government funding. Working together, we can help build and sustain no-kill communities. Learn more at CompassionateCircle.BWAR.org. We are a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. And welcome back to the Computer America Show. It is 32 minutes past the hour. And before we go any further, we are going to announce a, uh, I was about to say Facebook winner of the week. That's, uh, that's like a year ago. A social media winner of the week. And, you know, because we're lazy and we don't feel like giving something away on every single platform. So we use a service called Gleamio and we rolled them all into one. So before we continue on with Pop Zara, we are going to give away a prize. So if, uh, let's see, I think we have some trumpets somewhere here in the back. Oh, lovely. So uh, let's go ahead and give away a prize. So we are giving away the M720 Triathlon Mouse from Logitech. And this week's winner is there we go uh is deborah bingham so deborah bingham if you are listening congratulations and all they had to do was follow computer america on twitter by the way very simple at computer america and listens to us in branson missouri beautiful place i've never been there and uh yeah so hey deborah congratulations everyone out there if you want to be next week's deborah all you have to do is enter the contest at computeramerica.com. You just you, next week's Deborah. Yeah, no, Deborah Deborah's the winner. So therefore Deborah is synonymous with winner. So, 
true. Yeah, we'll get in, we'll get in contact with Deborah. We have all the information here when you enter, and uh, yeah, we'll get you in touch with Logitech, and it's just that simple. So there we go, and let's go ahead and continue back. Uh, the voice that you're hearing, if you are just joining us at the bottom of the hour, that is Nathan Evans, managing editor, Pop Zara Magazine, and we are just wrapping up the story because, well, there's not much to it other than the fact that uh, Samsung displays, and by the way, uh, here's the reason I think Samsung uh, doing this is also kind of a big deal, is because Samsung makes the best displays. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's yes. not it's not a Samsung Galaxy versus an iPhone debate. Even the iPhone 10s and the iPhone 8 8 Plus or whatever the heck they call it, the bigger OLED screens that you see are produced by Samsung because they just yes. make them better. They're they're very good at this. In fact, Apple has had trouble. Uh, They've had trouble, uh, as Gwyneth Paltrow would say, you know, untangling or what, what does she wear? Conscious uncoupling. They've had trouble getting rid of Samsung by going to Sharp or whatever because Samsung is the best in the world at what they do. And this is cool. I, I, like, the, I like the way the technology looks because no one plans to – unless you're one of those idiots online with the web YouTube channels, Ben, no one actually goes out to break a phone. Like, you know what? Right. I, I, this phone's too good. I need to break this. Crash. You know? But uh, no, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun to see what happens if it works. Uh, but keep in mind, this is technology, and everybody says, you know, unbreakable or unlimited. Like technology, it's like it's like the facial recognition, the recognition. Like the people who make the names for these things, they they never mean what they say. <laughs> so so how I see an unbreakable phone screen kind of working in the, into the whole situation is that I hope I will never have to test it. I put yes. all my phones uh, in phone cases. There's a billion of them out there. Uh, a lot of different uh, manufacturers of phone cases that are shockproof, waterproof, and just all around very, very good at protecting your phone. But if something were to accidentally happen and you do drop it from a precarious four feet drop, then, hey, you know, you may be okay. And I think that's where, uh, uh, again, as I was saying before the break, most phone repairs that come into the shop are not uh, faulty processors. They're not, uh, you know, overheating issues. They're water damage from dropping it in, in the toilet, and it's broken screens. So if they fix these, there goes 60% of the phone repair market and happier phone customers. <laughs> yeah, and all those people out of business. So uh, hey, thanks, you know, thanks, thanks, Samsung. Yeah, thanks, Samsung, for making a better product. So uh, let's go ahead and move on from that one, and let's go ahead and talk about, let's see, some of these other stories. I think you had, like, a couple more here. All right, so we didn't talk about this one. Windows 10 yesterday, uh, I don't know how they're actually going to do it, so it's a good it's a good thing to kind of talk about it. But I, you know, it's, to use the cliche, it's 2018. Why am I still waiting for my my system to reboot? Because I stepped away for 10 minutes, and it's uh, you know, and Windows is updating and deleted all my work. It's like, why is that still a thing? Well, and to be honest with you, though, let me ask you a question: Have you ever had a problem with Windows 10 rebooting on you? Though, like, I'll be honest, I've had I've had a lot of success with mine. It 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 waits patiently in the background. Sometimes it won't tell me. You know, but generally. I- uh, yeah. the, the the initial thought that a lot of people had going into Windows 10, because it was a forced upgrade system, you could not delay something, you could not be on a different version. Like, if you were a consumer, the most you could push it back to was, like, a week, and then it would force you to to uh, to update. And that could mm-hmm. go further for, you know, business licenses and things like that. But the initial fear that update or die... Uh, that has not been a problem. You know, they've had a couple big updates and they clearly advertise when something's going to change. But you're right. I haven't really, you know, run into a lot of issues with it, you know, updating against my will. No, it's been pretty good. And I think the idea is that they're going to be more um, constructive how your your user habits are and how you are. Because like it or not, Windows 10 is very intrusive when you install it. Like, I love Windows 10. I'm using it right now. I've I've migrated away from Macintosh. But I will say that um, when you first start, it's like a minefield. Like, do I do I give them access to this? Do I do that? The new Windows 10 update has their version of Time Capsule. I think it's called Timeline, which is the most intrusive thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but you can you could turn it off, but it takes a lot to turn that crap off. But if they're going to monitor my habits to see, okay, you're not using it around this time. Like, I don't know if you, what you do with your computer, Ben, or you probably have more than one. But do you keep your computer on all the time? 
I, you- uh, let's see, for the environmentalists out there, no, I turn it <laughs> off whenever I am not actively looking at it. So, but uh, to everyone else out there, yeah, it's kind of like an appliance. It's kind of like a microwave. Yeah. I don't unplug yeah. my microwave. Well, do you turn it off or do you put it on standby? Uh, I, I leave it idling. I, it, it's, uh, yeah. it's ready to go. No, I, that's what I do. It's actually more efficient. It helps your computer too. Um, you know, it's kind of like the PlayStation and the Xbox and game consoles where they update in the background as well. Like, just because I kind of grew up with computers, I, I, I get the feeling that my computer would like a break and maybe once a month I turn it off completely and let it rest overnight. But mm-hmm. by and large, you're, you're right. I just kind of leave it, leave it running. You know, they're, you know, they're, a good a good build is made for that sort of thing. You know, I'm not talking you don't need liquid cooling or whatever, but but generally speaking, though, the health of your computer needs to be tur- you know it should be turned off and on once in a while, and the updates still can't get around that. Like we've all seen that thing where this computer requires an update. I know Apple with uh, when I still was a Mac guy, they would they would often bug the crap out of me about this. Hey, we need to redo this. You know, like Apple was always much more intrusive, but you won't see a lot of people complaining about it. No, I, I actually think the way uh, Microsoft does the updates now is very unintrusive. I, I, I don't want to say I enjoy it, but I've never lost any work over it. And the idea that they're going to use, like you said, algorithms, and they're going to like look at your your um, your usage patterns and try to determine like when the best time to do that, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's a good use of the technology. I, I, I will say that my computer will probably be ground zero for uh, one of the most confusing patterns because you know sure. sometimes I stay up until 5 a.m. Uh, working, uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, or I'll stay up uh, or I'll go to bed early and you know wake up at 7 a.m. and start uh, start on my computer. And I have a very unorthodox kind of usage pattern. I don't just treat it like a nine to five job. So right. I'm I'm interested to see if I'm ever going to see them, because I think if if Windows is going to do what they're saying, I should never see an update happen while I'm actively using or sitting in front of my computer. There's, like anything else, whenever you're sort of seeding something that you used to do manually, there's always going to be some resistance, and I can understand that. Not every update, not every Windows update or Chrome update or Firefox update or whatever, or, excuse me, iOS update, has been beneficial. There have been rollbacks. And the idea that you, your workstation that requires you know you to have that machine up and running all the time, you know you could jeopardize that with a bad update. That's a concern. That's yeah. a concern. So I don't think there's a perfect solution to any of this, but I think this is a step in the right direction. I think this is a, this is one of those cases where you can you can share diagnostics with Microsoft and not worry, you know, that you're going to have your your privacy impeded on. I mean, this is this is a usage thing, and so yeah. I got to give them credit. Credit where credit's due. They've they've handled the updates much better than any of the naysayers say, said they would. The naysayers, pfft, you were wrong. Well, so I, they they had you know legitimate concerns that back then it was a, again a do or die scenario. It's if you don't update, we won't let you run your computer. So I guess with that being said, Windows really went out of their way to make sure that you know they were unintrusive. That you know they weren't something that oh. you know yeah. Well, I will say this, though. It's not like the updates they have now force you to shut down your computer. You could choose to update. or I mean, it will update, but you can choose when to reset it. So it's not like right. they're going to just stop whatever you're doing. And it's like I'm talking to you on Skype, and they'll say, well, and here's our guest, Nathan. You know, it's not like they do that. They let you They let you choose the resetting time. So they've done a pretty good job with it. I've. It's noticeably pleasing the way they've right. done it. I'll, I'll give them that. It's Whatever you're doing, of all the crap you've done that's wrong, Microsoft, you've done this one pretty right. So, and, 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 and by the way, just a call back to what I said earlier, you know, for the environmentalists out there, and I said, of course, I turn it off. The, the reason that that always sticks in my mind is that I remember uh, reading about some hate mail that Craig got. Uh, back, you know, uh, we of course have a column for Computer America, and he wrote a column, I believe, back in like 2004 or something like that, or 2002. Uh, you know, kind of the early days when everyone had a computer and they had some basic questions, including should I leave my computer on or should I turn it off? And Craig wrote an article saying uh, computers were made to be left on. They, you know, they do not need to be turned off. Uh, Just leave them running in the background. Put it in sleep mode if you want. But otherwise, uh, you know, there's no harm in leaving your computer on. 
he got so much hate mail or the newspaper he, he wrote for got so much hate mail for environmentalists saying, what a waste of electricity. How dare your columnist advocate for wasting energy like that, that he had to go back and issue a statement saying, nah. well, it's probably good if you turn it off, but it can be left. On. Like he backtracked a little. So that's why that uh, sticks in my mind. I'm sorry he had to do that. Um, by the way, the uh, environmentalists are never happy about anything. That's kind of their calling card. Like they've they've given you uh, they've given you um, what's that sticker they put on TVs that you can get a government thing the uh, energy energy efficient compliancy right you know the the fact of the matter is is that computers today are ten times more economical than and ecological excuse me than they were even five years ago like the the amount of energy consumption and the thoroughput and the way they the way they maximize conservation is so much better than it ever was and these machines were made to be turned on. And by the way, it's like a car. If you keep turning the damn thing on and off, on and off, you're using more electricity, using more power. So if you want to save the world, you want to save the you want to save the penguins and the pandas and the and the <laughs> the polar bears, which by the way will rip you apart if you try to hug them. Then keep your computer on in standby mode. It uses less power, it's more efficient. Your house will be thankful. And by the way, and if you really that worry about power, get rid of your washing machine, dryer and refrigerator because those things are the energy hogs. Your computer sips power sips it like a like a cappuccino so hey, wait, wait wait penguins will rip you apart no penguins won't rip you apart but polar bears oh, everybody points, okay. everybody looks at polar bears because oh they're so cute those things are killers like if you're gonna pick an animal to be sympathetic don't pick the polar bear well i i i like the polar bear i i, I like the polar bear better than uh, let's say a koala i mean koalas aren't that great koalas so. aren't gonna koalas aren't gonna rip you apart yeah, but the koalas have so many problems. There, I, I, I don't know. But uh, okay, before are we before, are we debating are we debating koalas? There are things. Are there, is there a koala lobby out there? Uh, there are about things the misrepresentation about, of koalas. There are things about no koala has amazing PR. I will say that the koalas have problems that I can't say on the air because they're a little kind of adult, and I don't want to get into that. But koalas have amazing PR for how. Bad, <laughs> bad of how bad of an animal they are. They have amazing press, so I will say that. Pan, you know what? Pandas are like that too. Pandas are nasty animals, and but because they look adorable, they get they get documentary series from Disney. But the fact of the matter is, animals are animals. Cats, dogs living together, hysteria, penguins, you know, polar bears, <laughs> all this stuff. The fact of the matter is, animals deserve a right to be have a right too, but it shouldn't just be like the cute animals to get the better representation like no one ever sticks up for like the cuttlefish which looks like look looks like freddy krueger but that's an animal or the maggot or anything like that those are animals too and by the way maggots and cuttlefish do a lot more for the environment than koalas and polar bears so See, this is a conversation i didn't want to get into we're a tech show darn it and as a tech <laughs> okay, show we are moving going, on yeah we're gonna go ahead and move on to all right so i want your opinion on two of these next articles i believe i sent them to you and okay. there, you are very, uh, I'm going to say the word skeptical, but you're also pessimistic for certain services that you claim uh, Ca that, that cautionary. Cautionary. you are cautionary on different services that, you know, the way that the tech industry is currently set up, it's not set up for success right away. And investors are looking for the next Apple or Microsoft when a lot of them are just giant pits of burning money. And so you you have reason to be pessimistic, but uh, you know we're going to ignore Facebook. We talked about that yesterday. They had a huge, huge, huge sell off yesterday. Uh, I mean, you know, if, if you look at their history, they are now weeks uh, worth of profit behind. It is amazing. Can I but, can, can I add can I add something to that real quick? Uh, sure. I was going to save this to the end. Um, I am pessimistic about people. I'm not pessimistic about companies. Companies can change ownership. You had Apple back in 1994, which is garbage. Apple in 1998 with Steve Jobs on the on the mend, right? So it's not the company that I hate. Companies are fine, but you know my feelings about two very specific people. I do not care for, and I think they've been detrimental to the tech industry as a whole. And that, of course, is Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, I think he's a detestable little cockroach, and I think I think <laughs> tell us how you really feel. No, I think this man has – I think this man – and by the way, he's a detestable little cockroach who's been very successful at doing exactly what he said he would do. So I envy him in that way. It's not like he was – he wasn't giving up fronts, oh, we don't do this. This is a man who was openly transparent about about sharing information of other people. So so I feel bad a little bit for him. Okay. But the other, one is, the other one is Elon Musk, and uh, here's the thing. Uh, I don't like Elon. 
I think he's a snake oil salesman. I think he is a charlatan. And I think the world is starting to realize this. And I think he's become a liability to his company because he's because he is a snake salesman. He's become a very cele- uh, celebratic person that that relies on his celebrity as opposed to actually his his um, success rate. So I, so so obviously I I I I could take that and I could run with that and you know we could have a whole conversation I mean, about that. What I'm, what I'm saying what I'm saying is because of the performances of these two men who are in front of very big publicly traded companies because of their antics in front of the camera the companies have suffered. And what I'm saying is is that Facebook's has suffered for very different reasons than Elon Musk. Elon Musk has been a buffoon in front of on Twitter. He's been a buffoon in saying things about people. He's been a buffoon with his stupid jokes about Tesla going bankrupt. This guy is a clown. He needs to be away from Tesla. Otherwise, the company is not going to be worth anything. Like It's not like he develops things that are useful anymore. He develops vaporware, and he scams investors out of money. He scams the government out of money. He's, he hasn't provided anything of value since the beginning of SpaceX. Go away, Elon Musk. You're done. You're there, done. So but, there, but, there, but, there's all that. And, and I will cut in and I will say just real quick, uh, I didn't want to comment on the people. I wanted to comment on two companies in particular, Spotify yeah. and uh, let's Spotify. see. It was, uh, oh, it was, I love Spotify. What, 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 wait, there was a second one. I had a second one. Where is it? Spotify and uh, there's another one with good news. And you know that's kind of why I picked these two out is that they actually have good news. So let's start with Spotify and then the other one. Sure. Oh yeah, the, the Apple Watch. Uh, I was just looking okay. at it. The Apple Watch. But let me let me to be fair though. Let me just ten seconds for Facebook. Uh, Facebook will recover because they are because the product is indelible, and Zuckerberg is a lot more honest than Elon Musk. You may not like Zuckerberg, but at least he's honest. So they'll they'll recover. Okay. They'll recover. By the okay. way, now is the time to buy because you're gonna make a lot of money. Yeah, I was just saying that around the the, the dinner table yesterday. <laughs> like, but this is the best time to buy Facebook right now. So. But 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 I will say that uh, I did want to get these two stories in here with Spotify, and let me read the headlines, and then we'll kind of talk about them as a group. But uh, two products that I think there were still some, uh, you know, how are these ever going to make money, or how are they ever going to, uh, you know, kind of turn this whole thing around? Because we see these companies start up and they get massive uh, user bases. You know, even Twitter themselves didn't post their first uh, profits until like earlier this year. Like something that was already a cultural touchstone uh, didn't even turn a profit. So Spotify, it was one of them. Uh, the idea that you pay a minimal or no money a month and listen to all the music in the world, uh, people were concerned. You know, how, how do we turn that? So well, go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I have Spotify. I've been a converted to it. Um, I, I still love my physical music. Um, I don't buy like I bought a car stereo the other day for my car and it had Spotify on it. And I was like, how does a car stereo have Spotify? And they're like, oh, you just have to connect it through your phone. Oh, you mean you mean Bluetooth? Like Spotify has become so successful as a brand is that they let that CD. I'm sorry, that uh, car manufacturing companies are just posting a sticker saying if you have Spotify on your phone, you can play it through your stereo. Well, no, duh. But that's how good the brand has gotten. You know, that's how that's how accepted Spotify has become. And um, you're wondering about them making money. Here's how Spotify makes money. First of all, years and years of, of loss leading. You know this. I mean, you're looking at a company that's not being an auxiliary to the music industry. You're looking at a company that is a replacement for the industry. Right. And people people never give this any credit. The same way iTunes replaced CDs largely 15 years ago, although it wasn't uh, – I, I believe it was this year, Ben – where Best Buy was the last major retailer to stop selling CDs. Yep. They, um, when I bought my car stereo at Best Buy, they said, well, you know, it doesn't have a CD player. I said, well, that's good. You guys don't sell CDs. But the fact of the matter is is that, yeah, the CD is, is effectively dead as a, as a money. They still sell. They still sell relatively well, but they're no longer the leading uh, digital music Right, the, streaming music has surpassed has surpassed physical media. Let's see a long if, time ago. if I'm to believe headlines, I believe uh, the current rankings go uh, vinyl records, then digital, then CDs, then eight track. If that's, I believe A-track. what it is. Well, vinyl has actually had a huge sale, and and actually, that's I want to bring up vinyl in relation to Spotify because as much as the streaming music has become successful, what's really happened is it's opened the market for music. People are listening to more music again the way they haven't in a long time. Uh, you have something like Spotify. You have playlists. Uh, by the way, I'm going to add I'm going to add Apple Music into this because Apple has done well for themselves. A lot of people were very suspicious that they could transform from a digital music to a streaming service. 
but Apple had every single advantage that Spotify did not have, and yet Spotify has been more successful than Apple. And that's interesting to me. So, but I have Spotify. I enjoy it. I've it, I've discovered a lot of new artists I would have never had access to before, um, because you know the music industry has become so straight, uh, you know, so spread out, so um, you know, striated mm-hmm. that you have you have uh, companies like Apple who existed before that are transforming, doing well. Microsoft had a dud. They had Groove Music. It did not work. What did they do? They said, "Hey, get Spotify. We'll even help you." Um, Sony Music is now if you turn on your PlayStation, but you don't have a PlayStation. Uh, nope. Um, the, the music app on PlayStation is actually branded Spotify as well, which is interesting. Uh, so you have Spotify. It's available on everything. It works really well. Apple Music is very, very limited. It's, it's limited to iOS devices and brow- and you can't even listen to it on a browser. You have to do it with iTunes. It's very hard to use Apple Music. So I don't have it. But Spotify is interesting because Spotify not only changed the game uh, with allowing music to be deliverable – it's changing the way we calculate and aggregate music success. Um, you have Billboard. You have um, all you you know. You have all these musical charts. They now count Spotify as one of their greatest uh, ratio plays. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you, who's the artist? Uh, Drake, the rapper. Mm-hmm. Like you hear the story about how every like he had the top ten songs in the top. He beat the Beatles records, and before that was Michael Jackson. But keep in mind, the only thing I'm having trouble with, right, is this: that streaming a song is not the same as buying a song. Right. So I have a little uncomfortability well, with that. It's, it's, but that is the adaptation that you're talking about. And it's, you, you have a lot of industry builds up around the idea of record sales. And that's how you judge a success. That's how you make the billboard charts. That's how you do all that. And it's like, if nothing is strictly sold, if you don't get to keep what you are streaming, then how do you justify that? Yes, this may be the most heard song in the world at the moment but well, only four people bought a CD, uh, you know, how do you quantify that? And so I, I guess it's a stopgap measure. I agree. It's not the same thing, but... Can I give you an example, though? Let me yeah. give you an example. So you go into Spotify, and, you know, Spotify, like a lot of tech companies, become very political in how they, they let you listen to music. You know, they did the whole reversal of so-called hate speech from playlists and all this. But it also works in the opposite. When the Drake album came out, they had registered playlists, they were promoting playlists. Like, of course they're going to break the record because they actively promoted to break the record. You know, it's, it's no different than advertising. And that's how Spotify makes money. That's why they've been able to succeed because they've created a lifestyle brand where you turn on Spotify and you don't feel bad that they're advertising Drake. Do you know why? Because all you do have to – if you have Spotify, Ben, click the button. You're listening to Drake. <laughs> you don't have to go out and spend more money. You've, you're already a customer. It's done. It's done. You're already a customer. And if you don't listen to Drake, you're still a customer. You're not getting charged an additional fee. Oh, I can listen to that Drake. Or I can listen to this jazz album. Or I can listen to Drake again. I can listen to this rock. I can listen to Drake. And eventually, Drake's going to become the most popular because that because they've, they've been paid to do that. Frankly, I think it's genius. I think it's genius the way Spotify has – they've come up like Roku – like Roku was a competitor in a market that was already saturated with Me Too's, but they provided a basic service that was better, and they they slummed it out to every low end player, every low end TV. Eventually, cumulatively, they became more successful than Apple. They became more successful than Microsoft. They became much more successful than Google. By the way, same comparison to Google's music. Google has three music services. All mm-hmm. three are failures. All three are failures because they have three. Spotify has one. One. Uh, I, I I will say though that I do advocate for Google Music. They 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 give the ability to essentially uh, I don't want to say backup, but like if you already own, you're allowed to import a bunch of songs and they give it to you for free. That's a great that's a great feature well, of Google. When you say free, you mean after you've paid? After you paid someone else, they'll give it to you. Well, what I'm saying though is that they have Google Music, which by the way, the the Popstar podcast is on. Wink wink. But they also have Google Red. I mean, they're changing from Google Red to Google, uh, sorry, YouTube Red to YouTube uh, Professional or whatever. Right. You know, they have all these things. But they, like all things Google does, they're not able to consolidate and make one product. You know, we've talked about this. Google does the same thing with Android. They do the same thing with Google TV. They do the same thing with Google Chats. They do the same thing with everything. They just can't make a service. Spotify is much smaller than Google. They've they've been able to adapt. And the answer to your question, why are they successful? Because they need to be. They cannot waste money anymore. They cannot lose billions of dollars the way Google or Microsoft or Apple can. That is an extraordinary success story. And I wish them all the best of luck with their shilling. Because if 
if they get paid money to promote Drake, that means that I can I can get the service and discover lots of other artists who are not Drake. Everybody wins. Absolutely. So there was that one, and I don't think we have time to get into this next one. But uh, I did mention the Apple Watch. It sold it sold three point five. Oh, there's music. You can play that in the background, I guess. But um, where is that? There it is. So yeah, it's one of these situations. Wow, that's really loud in my ears. I'm sorry. One second. There Stand we go. by for more. Stand yeah. by for more Ben and the Apple Watch, which is yeah. very successful. Yeah. Well, well, actually, we're we're just gonna kind of stop it right there. Where, wow, you know that's so loud. Actually, I'm just gonna hit escape. There we go. So we're actually gonna stop right there. Uh, we have no more time, folks. If you want to find out more, you can check out the show notes where we have links to some articles that we did not do. And in the meantime, uh, Nathan, I'm gonna leave it to you. Uh, people want to find out more about you. What uh, what feature articles you have over at Popzara currently? What's going on? Uh, popzara.com you can find us on you can, we have the podcast over at iTunes Google Play as I said TuneIn FM all the cool podcast places we're on Twitter we're on Facebook we're on that stuff we have not been shadow banned yet thank you Google thank you <laughs> Masters of the Universe uh, it's a fun place come and see it you like it Ben if, if it's good enough for Ben it's good enough for you yeah absolutely there you go and hey I've even uh, made some appearances on there I do like listening to it and enjoy what you do there and enjoy what you do here as well so everyone that's about it for us here at Computer America until next time uh, have a great day and we are going to be back Monday through Friday 4pm to 5pm Eastern and next week a whole bunch of great shows everyone have a good one later bye bye bye